Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I am grateful for my ability to show up for the people that matter most in my life now. As of this recording, I am 459 days sober, and today we're welcoming a guest to share their experience, wisdom, and hope with you. Welcome to the show, Robbie. Hi, how are you? Doing well. I am so excited to get to know you better. Why don't you start off by introducing yourself to the listeners? My name is Robbie. I live in Northern Maryland. I'm 34 p.m. gay, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and how long have you been sober? It'll be a year in about two weeks. Well, happy early anniversary. By the time this episode airs, it'll probably have passed. So that's awesome. And what are some of your favorite hobbies or things to do in sobriety? I really enjoy the outdoors. So hiking, gardening, even though I live in an apartment and it is overrun with basil and a ton. I think I have 17 plants in my room at the moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A little excessive, but I love the greenery. I also really enjoy cooking. Just like experimenting with different flavors and fusion of different what is the word not genre cuisine yeah awesome yeah and why don't we jump into it then and tell us what it was like with your drinking well how it started i grew up in a small town in southern maryland on a tobacco farm which isn't you know ideal for a little brown gay boy. I'm one of three. All my cousins are blonde hair, blue eyed, even my older brother. So my dad being Italian, I got the darker genes. So I was, you know, teased and picked on for being a little effeminate and black hair, tan skin, etc. So I think it all started with that for the most part, just crippling anxiety for just being just existing so then i found my bestie alcohol she really did help me a lot in the beginning it helped me cope with anxiety and hiding my sexuality in said small town so the social drinking became a crutch of course so when i finally came out at 20 then i was going to the gay safe spaces which are bars and clubs and stuff like that but mostly it was insecurity and anxiety and stuff like that that really provoked the drinking i would say yeah and and that must have been difficult i mean when did it become what you would you would consider a problem i think right off the jump 
because I loved it because I was so shy and so withdrawn from everyone. And then I took, you know, I had me a beer or a shot or both. And then there's, here's Robbie, the life of the party. He'll do anything, whatever. Let's party. Let's rage, drink in a field, go cow tipping, whatever. Mm. <laughs> it sounds so stupid now, but yeah. I mean, I still have some of those friends to this day. A lot of them are actually sober now. Yeah. And what prompted but, you to get sober? Well, I had, like I said, the drinking became such a crutch and such a part of who I was. And I was with my now ex of almost nine and a half years our relationship was kind of based around alcohol a lot like we met in southern maryland where i grew up where we grew up and that's just what you did and then i found this very handsome very sweet guy that liked to party like i did so it really worked for a few years and then just like the resentment started because he would want to drink and I didn't want to drink. And then I was like, all right, well, I can't stand you when you're drunk if I'm sober. So let's just get wasted. And then it was just toxic. Obviously that's not going to work out. So I ended up just not being happy in that relationship anymore. And then COVID happened. So then we were drinking even more. That began my downward spiral. And I was trapped at home, just drinking all the time. I got fired from two jobs in one year for calling out because I couldn't come because I was so drunk. And then my ex saw that I was needing something. So I had tried on my own to do like an outpatient Mm -hmm. and went in. It was a great meeting and I had set up stuff to go to start later that week. And then I came home and I had the house to myself and I was like, Oh, I feel great. And I got wasted so Max came home from work and I was passing on the couch. And then my family stepped in and because they had been in talks with him and flew me. We were living in Florida at the time. And then flew me home where I began treatment at Recovery Centers of America up here, mm. which was lovely and much needed. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, how has your life changed over this past almost year? Exponentially. Over my first time in treatment, I went to treatment three times last summer alone. I flew from Florida up here in April, went to treatment, did a full 28 days, got out, did well for a couple months. The relationship, of course, came to an end. And I was like, oh, wow, it's really over. Like nine and a half years. That's crazy. So then that sent me on another 
spiral. And then I was like, I'll try to date again. I'll try to date again. And then lying to myself, lying to other people or not lying, but withholding the fact that I don't drink. And what do you do on a first date? A lot of people go have a drink. So I was like, I'll just get club soda. I remember that first date I went on club soda. I'll get a club soda. I'll get there early. None of that happened. I got a Tito's and soda and that's all she wrote. Then I did a detox after that little bender and was fined again for another couple months. And then ended up having to go back and do a full 28 days last August. But my sobriety date is September 15th, 2021. I have not had anything since then. But uh, since sobriety, just everything has changed exponentially. I'm so much happier with myself being single. I really needed to be single. I think there was definitely a codependency there on both ends. And just the resentment towards him in that relationship for many, many different things just was not healthy. And we still talk every so often and he's doing well. I'm doing well. I don't have anxiety anymore. I was like, Oh, wow. Cool. Alcohol fixed it. Quote unquote. But there I was panicking constantly. Yeah. I'm just genuinely happy. That's awesome. And like content, like if something doesn't go my way, I don't care if I have a stressful day at work. It's like, oh man, that was crazy. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Like it was a little stressful, like my first year sober because I was working in a sales job, but I recently switched to like business office work and I'm like, whatever happens, like I I really don't care. Like I'm like, I'll get through the day. Work isn't what matters. It's what pays the bills so that I can do like other stuff. And just, I just let things go in the way that I used to hold on to every little thing that didn't go my way. Oh yeah. 100%. And I'm in the hospitality industry. I'm actually a bartender. Okay. Which is pretty unique. And everyone's like, how do you do it? How do you do it? I'm like, "Eh." I see the people. I see who I was in these people at the bar sometimes. And I'm like, ooh, that ain't cute, girl. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to cut you off. No more Cosmos for you, Miss. And I really enjoy that type of work. I like doing it and being creative drink-wise. It sucks I can't taste my fancy cocktails I make, but I'm okay with that. Everyone else, I get the validation on their faces. Awesome. Like, this is the best old fashioned I've ever had. And I'm like, well, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I I guess that's alcoholics nowhere way around the bar usually. So, yeah. And then even all my regulars, all my coworkers know that I don't drink. I'm like, this is just amazing that you can just make these drinks and you don't even drink them. I'm like, well, yeah, I did. I did for many years, girl. (laughs) Yeah. And looking back, how do you feel your sexuality played a role in your addiction? I think it was a major, massive player in my using and abusing of alcohol. And I did dabble in like drugs and stuff. That's part of my story in like my teens, but never as an adult. Like once I came out, I'd already, I was like, eh, I'm done. That was just me hiding in the closet. So, but yeah, it was just. The internalized homophobia, my anxiety, the hiding, and then even not hiding. Like I said in in the 
gay safe spaces, the bars, the clubs. And I worked in that environment. I lived in Denver briefly in my early 20s, and I worked at a nightclub. They would walkie-talkie you. All right, boys, shot time while you're working. I was going to say, do you bartend at a gay, gay bar or gay venue, or is it? I was had just turned 21, so I wasn't bartending there yet. I was a bar back, but still, I held the walkie-talkie. Yeah. So they're like, all right, boys, shot time. Like, woo, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that was every hour all night. And then we drank the entire time we were cleaning up. Yeah. What have your experiences been like this past year in terms of being part of the community and how things are different now that you're sober? I, when I did go to sober living after my last time, I think that's what helped make it stick this that last time. It was suggested to me, and I know it made me very uncomfortable and scared. So I was like, okay, this must be the right idea. And it was a way to get out of my small town that was just the endless cycle of drinking, drinking, drinking. So I was like, all right, it'll be a new a new place. I know I'll be in a safe space, and I'll be forced to go to meetings and I still have to pay rent. I have to work. And then I did make a couple gay friends in the community there. And they really helped me get through it as well. Yeah. And what are some things you do in your daily life that help keep you sober? Like meditation, like stretching, stuff like that. I am on a gay and sober like Facebook page. And I've, seen a couple guys reach out for tips or advice or they just need someone to talk to and i i'm always like send me a dm so there's been several guys that i've like talked off the ledge and like you know you can do this etc like just helping other even straight guys girls anyone that i can help with my experience i love doing that yeah, and I think that that places where like you look somewhat familiar to me, and I think it's because we're in this the same group, the the GSM group, Gay and Sober Men. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I see your post there. I, I don't think we've interacted, but I was like, I recognize you. Mm-hmm. And it is a great resource. If you can give one piece of advice to someone who is sober curious, what would it be? Just focus on today. Don't worry about tomorrow yet. You're not there yet. Yeah. And don't let your past define you. I know some of the guys that I've spoke to in the GSM that have messaged me privately. Like, I'm just a piece of shit. You know, I just can't get it together. X, Y, Z. I'm like, no, that was you. You have what it takes to conquer this addiction. You just have to want it that badly. Yeah, certainly. It's not something that comes easy, but it's something that's worth it. Yeah. And 100%. Yeah. Would you say you have a favorite mantra or quote or lyric that you like to live by? Yeah. One thing that I always, I loved, I think I saw it in one of my times in treatment. Everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Mm-hmm. So you just got to like keep pushing through like, oh, I'm having such a shit day. I just want to use, I just want to drink. I'm not okay. It's like, all right, well, it's not over. Yeah. It's not over for you. Just keep going. That's a good one. 
Excellent. Yeah. And do you have an Instagram or anything that you can share for if our listeners wanted to find you? Yeah, it's Robbie Roos. Like sound it out R A H underscore B E E underscore R double O double S. Excellent. And I'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Stick around for our post show, Robbie, but it was a pleasure getting to know you better. Thank you. And thank you listeners for tuning into another episode of Gay A. You can head on over to our Patreon page and join the family today and continue to hear post-show episodes, including more today about Robbie's experiences in sobriety. If you're interested in getting involved with the show, you can email me or find me on Instagram at gayapodcast at gmail.com or at gayapodcast. And follow us wherever you're listening so you can get new episodes when they come out every Thursday. Until next time, stay sober, friends.